0: Hi uh, everyone, and welcome to our Undoing Radio. I am Jeremy Vaney. At least that's what it says on my birth certificate, and um, I'm here to talk Kundalini. Oh yes, as you know, if you've been following this season, you're probably sick of hearing me say we're uh, we're we're doing these episodes in the vein of the Pathless Paths. These are the writing paths on ourundoing.com. Essays written from a different flavor, different perspective, and this one is um, from the section called Dispatches from Deep Listening, or at least it would go there, it would fit there would this were an essay. Uh, So this is where we really put on our listening ears and learn something uh, deeply true being spoken by others. Um, This can come from conversation. This can come from truism quotes that you find on a kitty poster fallen from a tree. This can come from Rumi. <laughs> this can come from anything, you know. Uh, a lot of what we're going to talk about here is, uh, and this initial part comes um, from me having watched a bunch of YouTube videos on Kundalini and um, and read a bunch of questions on Quora. Um. And being kundalini alive myself. So I don't know if I've really talked about this on this show. Um, I do get into it a bit on the website. I actually, if you become a member, it's a, uh, there's a members only bunch of seminars I've been doing. And the, the latest one is actually on kundalini. And so we go deeply into what kundalini energy and awakening is and is not, which I will not, uh, Because I'm not a big fan of just constantly repeating myself. But also, um, it's there. So, become a member. You can get into it deeper than we're even going to here. But for now, let me uh, dispel some myths about Kundalini energy that I know firsthand. Because this is something that I am alive with 24-7. It's not something to turn on and off. Um, well, I guess I do say that, make that point in the video too, which is the obvious one. The The big go-to that you see in all these YouTube videos is that th- there's an energy called Kundalini that sits at the base of the spine and you do these meditations, these exercises, various things, and you can activate it. Um, you can control its activation and so forth. Um, is this true? Let us find out. So first, what are we talking about when we're talking about Kundalini energy, Kundalini energy? Um, I won't go into it again, deeply here, except to say that it is death. This gets into an issue of time and timelessness that, um, that again is beyond, beyond the scope of this episode. So I I implore you to become a member at com and check out the video. But essentially, it's an energy that when one is completely clear in that moment of clarity, of nothingness, of the sense of self being completely evaporated, um, this other so-called other energy comes alive as the willpower of the body. Um, which I guess in the West sounds suspiciously like, uh, demon possession (laughs) or something. I don't know. Possession of some sort, which it is not, even though I said it's death. Um, it's not like demons and ghosts and things. It's far, far more interesting than that. Um, but nevertheless, uh, its purpose is, uh, to speak the body's natural language and to get you into perfect health in the ways that you need to be, which may not be obvious to you or they may be obvious to you, um, but get you healthy enough physically and turn you on in ways that you have been dormant, um, psychically as well, uh, essentially to clear out the ghosts of your personal baggage, whatever damage you've done as a self, once that self is gone, there's, you know, you're like the rock star who leaves a trashed hotel room. Well, Kundalini's the maid coming to do the cleanup crew work. So uh, that's what Kundalini is. A glorified maid. <laughs> Don't tell the Hindus that. No, no, I kid. I kid. Um, and it is only active. It. I mean, we're saying it, but this energy is 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 only active when the body self, your sense of self, you, are not. So what that means in terms of when I say I'm 24-7 with this, uh, it is perpetually uh, a part of my life. It is there. And if I shut up for a second... Um, It will take over. It will come alive. You'll see my body start to move around and do, like, Tai Chi or whirling dervish twirls or exercises or things that look like, I don't know, magic. (laughs) Like, not that anything hocus pocus is going on in the room, but just the gestures look like something out of ritualistic stuff. I don't know. Um, All sorts of things, some of which are apparent to me and some of which are not, but all of which are uh, healthy and are deeply me when I'm out of the way. So all of that said, let's circle back to, can you trigger it on your own with breathing exercises and and all of that? Uh, no. Um, if you can, you're doing it wrong. The treating this energy as though it is a, an it, even though through the, for the convenience of language, this is how we're talking about it. an energy in the body that rises um, that doesn't really quite get to it, but it is on un- the, it here is untouched by you. It is only when you evaporate, when you let go control, uh, it is only when you evaporate through dealing with you as a psychological entity and becoming clarity for clarity's sake that this comes alive in the way that it needs to be alive and an ever-present force in the body. And after that, it is only you who can shut up, go silent for a sec, and allow it to move around. Uh, sometimes it comes alive and wants to move around on its own. Sometimes it will do that at night while I'm asleep. And sometimes I can feel it activating, you know, even as I'm just sitting around. It's as, you know, it's as if it knows that it's time to do something. And, but it's at that point, it's my choice to allow it to happen or not. Um, so that is the point. It's after the death of self and the resurrection of quote unquote self 2.0 um, that there is the, the choosing, the, I don't want to say control, but I mean, I guess that is kind of what it is the, the choice of whether to turn it on and off. Prior to that, Um, I, I guess what people are calling turning it on through exercises and breathing techniques and such, these are techniques that I am certain, um, some yogi somewhere got after the fact, (laughs) their body just started doing these things and they jotted them down and started selling them to you at some point in history. Right. So, so whatever it is that they're selling to you is would be like trying to turn over an engine trying to start the car when there ain't no oil in the tank and so the, the cargo revs yee, 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 makes that noise maybe uh but there ain't no oil or there ain't no gas i'm not sure which energy system which fuel it is that <laughs> has your car almost start but not quite but whatever whatever fits the analogy that's what you're doing But because you don't know that that's what you're doing, you think you've started a car. You think that energy is going. You're tapped into Kundalini. No, there is no you doing anything to activate this. Um, Not in a way that is healthy anyway. Again, these fits and starts, these jerky motions. Sure, maybe. But that's not the relationship we should be in with it and ultimately as it when we are out of the way. So don't do that. Now, I've seen other things that are supposedly triggers. Um, someone says spiritual awakening, which I guess you could say what I just said would might be a spiritual awakening, but it's really not. It's a death of self. Spiritual awakening is so vague. What does spiritual awakening mean? Uh, can anything that one calls a spiritual awakening be the thing that triggers Kundalini? Uh, no. Um, I've seen it said uh, that there is a so-called sacred connection that we have with like a soulmate or a twin flame that can trigger it. No. (laughs) That's just a googly feeling you have inside. Um, And mindfulness is another one. I don't even know what that means. One doesn't want to be full of mind, wants to essentially be mindless. Be The contents of consciousness uh, go away so that the clutter is gone and um, this energy may flow. So constantly being mindful in watching and observing and being the witness and all of that, that's good for something, but it ain't good for this. And so all of this gets to the other thing that I hear quite a bit, even offline, that kundalini is on the rise in the world. What does that even mean? That means that a bunch of YouTube gurus are selling you kundalini, and then you're psychosomatically feeling something, some wish fulfillment part of you, Or maybe you're good old-fashioned mentally ill. Or whatever. Uh, Or maybe you're having fits and starts. Whatever it is. um, This isn't kundalini awakening. There are no symptoms of kundalini awakening. One is either alive or one is not. One is awake or one is not. One eye open is still half asleep describes being asleep. So... I guess if you see that, that treating it like an energy that sits at the base of the spine that we can trigger, if you can see that that is the incorrect way to even think about this, I was going to say approach it, but you shouldn't approach it at all. It is a naturally occurring phenomenon after the fact of your dissolution. If you can see that, then you can see that the rest of this stuff is just going to tick away, right? The rest of these claims. Now, naturally, people ask about, what are the powers? Because you want to know, like, what is this energy doing? What are the powers I can have? I've heard about getting all of these psychic powers. And it's true that there exist these, these visionary and auditory, what you would call psychic capabilities, healing abilities, and so forth. Um, but these are not goals. These are not the ends to which you strive. Uh, these are to be ignored <laughs> essentially like this process is doing something it would be like paying attention to a bump in the road on your way somewhere so you know it's the funny thing of you spend your life seeking on this path of seeking right and then someone comes along and says stop seeking um Meaning the seeker must stop, not meaning that you, the seeker, must stop yourself, but that the seeker must come to an end. The road must end, the seeker must end, and then truth will become the case. And so when that happens, and this kundalini arises, well, suddenly it's got a path it wants to walk with you. uh, Using the body, which is, you know, traveling the road of your body and smoothing out the, the rough spots smoothing out the damage that you've done and again activating the things that have been dormant so making you healthy and as whole as possible and so if you're constantly um, focusing on the psychic switches going off on and off and you want to learn how to control all of that it's game over you're, you're back to um, you're back to duality you're back to yourself you're back to controlling all of that So I saw one answer um, about what are the powers of Kundalini that said the power is about activating and controlling Kundalini, which will make you smarter and more creative and successful, (laughs) which is ridiculous. Um, None of that is true. Well, it may make you successful if you start uh, selling it to people, wide eyed and bright eyed and bushy tailed. And then the next thing um, that I see often is that kundalini awakening is dangerous. You know, how is it dangerous? Why is it dangerous? And I saw one answer that said that basically uh, it isn't. It's only scary to those with no knowledge of what's going on. Talks about kundalini opening chakras to higher frequencies and all of that. And uh, I'll agree that it is not dangerous. Um, It can be uncomfortable. There is a fear component. uh, But these are to be embraced. These are to be humble about. Almost, I mean, not submissive to because you're not in control anymore. You're still there, by the way. When I say that you step aside and the Kundalini will comes alive, you're still there. You're thinking songs are running through your head and whatever. Um, Of course, the less of that, the, the clearer this this energy becomes, the more sort of uh, alive, awake, and forceful it becomes, and it can better flow and do its job the more you're out of the way that way. But um, you are a perceiver there, perceiving. And so you may perceive fear in all of that. You may feel joy. You may feel bliss. You may all the sorts of things. And just... You know, note them and move on. Just, just be amazed at what's unfolding, not that which has unfolded. Uh, and don't get caught up in it, in the scary, unattached feel, feeling of fear, where nothing fearful is going on, but you just feel this, this creepy fear. Um, so what? Let it happen. But the idea that it's only scary to those with no knowledge of what's going on this doesn't say anything, actually. No, actually, it's the feeling of fear. If there's a feeling of fear, it exists on its own, regardless of what you know and don't know. And saying that makes it sound as though the person saying it has some great deep knowledge, but without actually saying what that knowledge is. <laughs> you, see? you see the dilemma here? Um, but then once you start talking about opening chakras to higher frequencies, I mean... Can we stop using completely meaningless language? This is just a pet peeve of of mine, which is, it's hard enough to say what a chakra is. I can tell you that I used to think they were nonsense, and now I know that they exist. But can I tell you what that means to say I know that they exist? I mean, I know that there are these uh, points on the body where this energy seems to concentrate at times that line up with what, people say are chakras, but people then go on to say what chakras are and they're vastly different definitions of what they are. So just be willing to go through it without, without any definition in mind, except, you know, I guess if you have to stick with past knowledge, um, the usefulness of it is just that you're not going crazy that, you know, other people have had this experience and mapped it out in their own way and. So, you know, it exists. <laughs> so, so there's that. But to say higher frequencies and density and matrix and these words that don't actually mean anything like higher frequency sounds hierarchical to me. Right. Um, tuning you into something, man. Well, what does that even mean? It doesn't mean anything. Let's stop injuring ourselves with. Uh, word vomit. Word vomit. And let's also try to be more conscious of how it is that we are experiencing this so-called Kundalini. Um, are we experiencing it as an other? Are we experiencing it as, uh, you know, something that is instructive for you? Because a lot of what I see falls along those lines of experiencing um, some sort of expanding consciousness. um that shows you that reality isn't what it seems or you're not what you thought you were or this sort of thing. And, um, again, these are, these are side effects of the clearing out and the waking up, the so-called waking up the body, the vessel waking up. Um, I've, I've also seen where it's spoken of, um, well, obviously as a goddess people, right? You've probably heard this. If you've heard anything about Kundalini and that you could dance with the goddess if you like. Well, um, again, if if it's you, then that's an illusion. If the the separate self-sense, the I, is an illusion, then who are you dancing with? Who's your dance partner? Um, also, there are certain things that, that I've seen that... Uh, Maybe misinterpretations, like I think um the idea that once you're Kundalini awake, you can grow really big or infinitely small um, these are some of the powers attributed to it, feeling really light or being i guess being really light all of a sudden, and I you know maybe I should just say I've never experienced those things, but I've experienced something similar, and it's a feeling of that, so. I'm not so certain about the literal nature of the original claims that they were meant to be taken literally. So for instance, um, I mean, I can remember the day that it happened, the moment that it happened the first time. And it's a frequent thing now, ever since then of feeling as though all of a sudden um, I've called it the whoop, whoop effect. Like you're, it just comes upon you where it feels as though, your entire inner essence is bulging out and snapping back. It would be as if somebody shook your body, but the only thing that moved was like your soul, (laughs) like went warm, warm in and out of your body. But it's a feeling. It's not something that's, that's actually happening. Like my sight, my sound, my smell. Well, maybe my smell, I don't know, but you know, my sense of smell aren't actually uh, wafting out, as it were. I'm not, I'm not actually going out of body and coming back. It's just this, uh, this, this feeling. And um, there are other feelings, like um, sometimes if I were to meditate in bed um, in the dark uh, or on the bed in the dark, I would feel as though my, um, my sheets were crawling over me, <laughs> um, or if sometimes when I would just be going to sleep. Um, if I didn't have my, my covers on me, my sheets or whatever, I would feel as though they were coming over me. Um, and they weren't. So this is a feeling. This is some sort of, I mean, it feels as though something out in the world is doing this, but it's it's not actually. I've had the feeling of levitation, but not actual levitation. Um, I've had the feeling of expansion within and uh, growing small, of, of feeling... Like, just waking up and feeling even shorter, just small. Um, but nothing is happening. So, I wonder again if these things are mistranslations of, um, perceptions that happen that we wish were, or we, we just immediately assume are powers in the world. But if you think about it, if, if we can agree that the eye is an illusion, and even people who've never experienced the eye shattering moment, uh, if they at least, know enough to say they're not egomaniacs, to say, oh, I, I, like, I like to get rid of the ego. I like to have as little ego as possible, even though they're often the ones with the most ego because they're repressing. Well, even those people know to say it, right? So if we can all agree that the I is an illusion, the I is the thing that needs to go, needs to be seen through, blah, blah, transcended, however you want to put it, why on earth or out of earth would there be a spiritual force of awakening that would leave that eye with superpowers. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't happen. Right? So if there are anything like superpowers that you end up with, or psychic abilities, or any of this stuff, because what we said is ignore that stuff, be, you know, don't be in denial of it, but just acknowledge it and move on. And, and Or not you move on, but allow the process to play out. Don't get stuck anywhere. Don't get so transfixed that you become that sense of self again and take over, okay? because then this is done, right? So we could perhaps imagine um, that at the end of a process, someone is awakened in some ways or has these powers or whatever, but they wouldn't use them. They wouldn't um, try to control the world or any, you know, any of that stuff that is the egomaniacal um wish fulfillment, dictatorship fulfillment stuff, that's of a different mind. That is not of the mind um, at the end of the kundalini process. If such a mind exists, let's let's keep it a mystery. Because as you're going through, it does appear to be something different. So even, even it's like almost a fail-safe, you could say, of even as you're going through the kundalini awakening, even though you're there as an observer, at least functionally at the moment, you're not it. You're not that will. So if there is a you who merges with that will, becomes that will, self-identifies as that will, somewhere down the line, that's a different person. That's a different being. That's not one who cares about such things. But really, um, I would challenge the notion that there is such a person at the end of such a process because kundalini isn't uh the the ends of its own process there's another awakening that happens that happens after but isn't the kundalini or at least not presenting in the way that we're now getting used to as this energy that arises in the body when the will you know the sense of self shuts up it's this other thing that is neither i mean you know, again, at the end of the day, it's all you, but presenting, it's not presenting as that, and it's not presenting as you. There's yet another thing going on. So, I don't even think that the, the imagining that at the end of the Kundalini process comes some superhuman who even, you know, would be enlightened and so not care to use their superpowers for evil, <laughs> or at all. Um, I think that's even sketchy. I think that the Kundalini awakening um, is something that we we become. We become like, I am that, right? I have this 24-7. And yet, that's not the end, but it's also not bringing me anywhere anymore. It brought me to where it needed to bring me. And so, its usefulness in that sense, in the sense of that unfolding process, is complete. And so now, I have a different relationship with it, if that makes sense. But also, again, if we were to just step back and be rational about this, as much as one can be rational about the transrational, rational um, how did we get to this kundalini, kundalini aliveness? Um, through working on the self so deeply that the issues that are us cleared up, right? So that the sense of self cleared up, the confusion went away. Uh, and in that moment of clarity of pure nothingness, this this energy comes alive. So, even you, as a person who is on the verge of that kundalini awakening, aren't a, you're not a person who cares about such things. You don't secretly long for anything because in that, um, even just prior to that, that revelation you know the, for me it was the revelation of realizing oh i'm the guy who keeps working on myself i'm the guy who gets it i'm the guy who has sort of become hard alive out of brain um oh but i'm still that person that person is still there so that was that was my moment right so but even being that person before that moment just prior to that moment that isn't a person the person who's hard alive and living in joy and doesn't experience boredom anymore, feels quote unquote complete in some way, feels whole um, so that there's no need for art or, you know, music or dance or television or books or any of that stuff. You can read them, you can watch them, you can, you know, nod along and appreciate with a smile, but you don't need them. They don't fulfill you. The whole is gone. That person doesn't ask for powers or, care about kundalini awakening or any of that so all of these things that the self the ego cares about and wants so desperately you seeing the pattern here these are all byproducts of being awake and the awake don't want these things <laughs> when they come upon them they simply are and if they're not well cool so these are some of the things that uh, that i've seen that are the, the big prevalent Ones, anyway, that come up again and again. Um, But this isn't the deep listening part. No, this is just me explaining to you based on my everyday existence with this. And frankly, that has nothing to do with you. Um, I mean, what I just told you, what we just spent time here talking about listening to, might be interesting to you, might not. But if you're not kundalini alive, then um, it's it's pointless, right? Uh, Except as a guidepost for what's not the case. And what's not the case is if the sense of self has not dissolved yet. If you haven't worked on your own psychological issues that are you this thing that we call baggage, that is actually you, uh, and you've not gone the way of the dodo bird into extinction, uh, and then resurrected with this kundalini energy, then that ain't it. And so, the deep listening part, the part that does affect you, the part that is probably not the interesting part that you want to hear, is... The big question, who is it that asks, what are the powers of kundalini? What? How can I awaken it? What can I do with it? That person. What is that person about? This is the deep listening part. Why is it that when we talk about spiritual awakening, spiritual transformation, these sorts of things, that what so many of us want and crave and believe it means, is that I grow, I evolve, I control, I master. While at the same time hearing me say this, you might be yesing me and going, yeah, no, totally, I totally get that. Oh, yeah, no, you're so right. Yeah, yeah, of course. And yet you are unchanged by it. You still are that person. I see this over and over and over again. I have friends like this. I meet people like this all the time who think that because we use the same words or similar words, we're quote unquote on the same page, which believing that is an excuse to not listen to anything I'm saying because you're not actually in communication with me. You're not in relationship with me. You're in your head. You're in relationship with yourself, but you're a special kind of self who believes you're a special kind of self because you've already moved into heart. Well, no, you've actually moved deeper up your own ass. (laughs) Sorry. I promised myself i never swear on this show. <laughs> ah, that's not so bad, right? You're in your buttocks. <laughs> uh, cracking myself up. That's so wrong. Suddenly I'm Bill Maher laughing at my own jokes. Hopefully they're funny, which would make me not like Bill Maher. In any event, who is that person? What is our preoccupation with... The very things that don't work and that are actually destroying the planet, control, power, wanting to be special, wanting to have something other people don't have, wanting to make a hierarchy and be the king of the hill, queen of the hill. That mind, that mind in which the person is embedded and a caricature of, that mind has to go. Mindfulness? No. Mindlessness? No. Emptiness? Not even. Nothingness. Ah. Now we're talking. And talking and talking and forever talking. So, maybe we ought to stop talking. Right? Just for a little while. Maybe actually digests what's being said instead of moving on to the next thing. Well, wait, yeah, 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 I got that. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? There is no next thing. There's the self-dissolving and then true nature, authentic nature, your whole nature taking its course. That's it. All the rest is just, you know. Interesting stories and details for people who don't want to wake up. They want to be lucid in their dream. They want to be queen and king of the dream world. Even those, and especially those right now, saying, Yeah, I get that. No, that's not me. Anyway, on to the next topic. On to the next book. On to the next, on to the next. To the new, to the new. Expansionism. New world, conquest mentality, all compacted into one individual life, using the outward tools of repression and exploration for inward seeking, when all we must do, really do, is stop, not as a choice, but as a choiceless choice, right? That trick terminology. Not you choosing to stop, but just stopping because you have an aha moment, a little epiphany. Oh, that's me. Not the defensive posturing of, that ain't me. Or, I was that, now I'm not. Or the self-loathing defensive posture of, yeah, that's me. Oh, well, anyway. No, the authentic lightning bolt through all of your being that is the understanding of what it means for stopping to be the case. No more hero journeying. No more identity is the one who shuns identity. The one who shuns the ego and the self as a way of remaining a self. No more. The ending of more.